what do you say to like you know the old school rocky uh gear like wearing a cotton sweatshirt that i'm wearing right now if i were to go like run out you know throw my hood on throw my rocky anthem and go for a run what would you say to that i say i'm sweating already like just thinking about (laughs) it like i can't it's hurting me no don't do that because it doesn't breathe and it's going to you might feel warm but then you're going to sweat and that sweat's not going to go anywhere then the sweatshirt's going to be wet and sweaty you're going to be wet and sweaty but then you're going to be cold Are you constantly worried about getting injured or you don't know how to get faster as a runner and you want to continue to run for stress relief, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Healthy Runner, the only place that provides you with training tips, injury recovery, and prevention tools with actionable strategies by experts in the running industry so you can develop a stronger running body and feel confident that you can overcome any obstacle as a runner. I'm your host, Dr. Dwayne Scotty, avid runner, running physical therapist and coach, educator, founder of Spark Healthy Runner, where we help dedicated runners get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running with the perfect online running coach, even if you've been told to stop running with an injury or you think coaching is just for fast runners. Learn more about our signature coaching program at learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com. Every week on the show, we coach you to grow as a runner, just like the process of building a strong, durable home that will last a lifetime requiring little maintenance. The design and planning is your mindset. The foundation is your strength training. The framing is your run plan. The electrical and plumbing is your nutrition. The insulation, drywall, and flooring is your recovery. The landscaping and exterior is your race strategy. If you master the six parts of growing as a runner, your running will be strong and last long, hitting PRs well into your 40s, 50s, and beyond. Every week, we help a runner just like you build their dream home. I'm your host, Dr. Dwayne Scotty. Welcome to the Healthy Runner Podcast. This episode is powered by UCAN. Are you looking for a breakfast boost, an afternoon pick-me-up, or a pre-workout snack? Do you value the importance of health and what you put in your body? Are you looking for food options to eat during the day that will provide you the energy for your workouts? If so, I have just the solution you need. UCAN's energy granola and almond butter are staples in my weekly routine and are all-natural, keto-friendly, gluten-free and provide energy you need to get through your day and bring out your personal best during your training or after those runs and strength sessions to enhance recovery. I personally love pairing my Yukan almond butter with some medjool dates before my run and strength session mornings. And the granola is just such a convenient energy snack to have any time during the day to avoid getting hangry before your next meal. Fuel smarter now that you're a part of our Healthy Runner fam. We are going to hook you up with 20% off of all your orders using the special link I have for you in the show notes. Just go to youcan.co forward slash healthy runner. That's youcan.co, not .com forward slash healthy runner. And use our Healthy Runner code during your checkout when placing your order to get 20% off 
Go ahead and give these You Can Energy snacks a try. You are going to love how they taste, and they're going to keep you full during the day so you have energy for those workouts. The weather's getting colder. Winter is upon us. And if you are looking to keep running throughout the colder months, then this is the episode for you. Welcome to episode 201 on the Healthy Runner podcast, where we help you get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running. I have Coach Whitney Lacombe from our Healthy Runner coaching team with me here today to share how you can dress for success while running throughout the winter. Welcome back on the show, Coach Whitney. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I um, am all about running gear, so this is right up my alley. Yeah, I know. You're like our gear expert or, or gear head, as we call it. And this is such a common um, topic. Questions that we get asked by lots of runners is, you know, how do you actually run outside in the cold? And a lot of people uh, have the misconception maybe that they, they can't run outside because it's too cold to run and think that they need to run on a treadmill. And there's nothing wrong with treadmill running, but if you do want to get outside and join nature while the weather is cold, there's a way to do it. And you just need to be able to dress for success, as we like to call it. Um, before we get started with today's topic, Coach Whitney, if you don't mind just giving a little introduction of who you are and why you love doing what you do as one of the coaches on our Healthy Runner uh, coaching team. So like Dwayne said, my name is Coach Whitney. I live in Southern Arizona. So not quite as cold as where a lot of you guys are, but I'm a big baby. So cold is, you know, depends on the person, right? Um, I am a mom of three. I have a 12-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a seven-year-old, all spitfires. Um, I got into running to lose weight after my son was born, did a 5K, which actually was a 7K. That's a story for a different day, but got bit by that running bug and just, I haven't stopped since. So I love talking about running. I love talking about gear um, to anybody that will listen. So becoming a running coach was perfect because I could help people achieve their running goals while still being able to talk about running and be in that atmosphere. So that's how I got started. Oh, I love it. Um, and yeah, like so many, right, you get into it usually for the physical benefits and then you you start to realize that there's a whole lot more to running than just the physical benefit side and you get those mental benefits and it just helps keep us kind of energized and, and kind of doing what we love to do. Um, and yeah, we're like now fully, uh, approaching winter and I really wanted to tackle this topic before, um, it's too late essentially. Right. So we've now turned the calendar to November and colder weather is upon us for me on the East coast of the U S in Connecticut. It's coming a lot quicker than you out in Arizona. But like you said, it is all about perception, right? So for you, you call yourself like a baby, right? Cause you're not used to the cold, right? So those, um, in the Southern part of the U S you know, if you do get some temperatures that dip at, down into the 30s, you're probably like, this is way too cold. Meanwhile, those in the northern part of the U.S., you're like, that's nothing. 
like that's not even cold for me, right? Because it's all like perception and what we're used to. And even me here in Connecticut, it does take a little while, a couple of weeks to like get used to those colder temperatures. Um, but in general, what would you say, you know, what are the considerations that runners need to really um, take into account for cold weather running? I would say the biggest thing is making sure that your hands, your fingers, and your ears are warm because that's really what's going to make you the most miserable or not, depending on how well prepared you are. So throwing out a pair of gloves, even those cheap ones you can buy at Walmart, the knit ones, something like that, even like a head warmer, a hat, something you can stick it in your pocket, something like that. But your fingers and your ears are going to be what gets cold the fastest, unless you're like my husband who has no hair, then you might want to consider a hat earlier than, you know, the rest of us with hair. Um, but you really want to consider keeping your extremities warm. Yeah, I know for me, it's definitely the hands. And as I'm getting older, I uh, just had a birthday last month. So, you know, another year, um, turn around the sun. Is that the, like how the phrase goes? Trip or around the sun. Trip around the sun, you know, turn, trip, you know, whatever, right? Um, it is, yeah, I, I find that my hands are like, you know, like you said, babyish, right? Like those get cold, like a lot sooner than they did like five or 10 years ago. I was like, I was never wearing gloves on a run like this. And now I'm wearing gloves. Um, so for me, it is definitely the hands. And yes, absolutely. If you don't have any hair in your head, you're going to lose a lot of, uh, your core body temperature, um, is going to be like released and you're going to get a lot colder. Um, just like almost in the hot weather running, right? We need to like protect our head and kind of be able to help cool it. And so it's not getting too hot from the sun in the winter. It's all about like, you know, keeping that temperature in and not letting everything uh, be exposed to the uh, cold, frigid winter elements. Um, so when we're kind of preparing or how best can we like prepare for whatever weather um, that we have in our area. So what I like to do is, I don't know, like Sunday afternoon, I check the weather for the week, kind of see what type of weather we're going to be having daytime weather highs, but also the overnight lows, because once those lows get low enough, those morning runs, if you're a morning runner are going to be even colder. But then each morning I get up and I also check the weather to see, okay, is it actually 50 degrees? Like they said it was going to be is it warmer? Is it colder? What do I need to do? I always lay my clothes out the night before. It's just easier, less decisions in the morning, you know, because I like to coordinate. So less things to think about. But I'll look even after I get up in the morning, put my contacts in, and I look and say, okay, I've got my long sleeves. I got my pants. Do I need gloves today? Do I need an ear warmer? Is it raining? We don't get snow very often here, but we do get freezing rain. 35 degrees in rain is just as cold as you know, 25 degrees, in my opinion, without rain. So you have to kind of look at your weather app. That is going to be key. Now, I have an iPhone, so I use the Apple weather app, whatever that is. But last winter, maybe, or last spring, I downloaded Weatherbug because that I found was a little more accurate in terms of temperature for me personally, where we live. So use whatever weather app you like, but look at it. But you also need to consider if your weather app says right now it is 68 degrees, going outside and running in 68 degrees is really going to feel like it's about 
85 to 88 degrees. You need to add about 15 to 20 degrees to the current temperature when you go outside as a runner because your body warms up. So you need to dress for about 15 to 20 degrees warmer than it actually is. I hope that makes sense. But think about that when you are preparing your outfit for running. Yeah, I know that's such a great point because a lot of times we'll just like step outside or if you go out to your mailbox or go out to walk the dog and you're like, it is cold out there. Um, yeah, your body's going to get a lot warmer running. And it often, if you go cold, we'll share some strategies on how to really prevent that um, where you're not stepping out the door cold. But if you do go out cold, let's say, and you're not warmed up at all, then you almost should feel chilly or cold for the first mile. Um, because yeah, if, if you don't, then you're going to feel like you've overdressed at mile two, three, four, five, or if it's a long run mile 10. Right. Uh, so that's a great point that it, you are not dressing as you would dress if you were just, you know, going for a walk outside or you, you were getting ready for the day because you do have to consider that we are using our cardiovascular system. Our core body temperature is going to increase as we run, especially after the first, you know, 10 minutes of running. So yeah, excellent point to check the weather app. Um, I, when in doubt, I would add, I want to add no matter what piece of clothing you are choosing to wear in the winter, if you can find something with pockets, whether it's a top with pockets, pants with pockets, shorts, you're a running vest, something that is going to make it so much easier for you to plan because you can take things off and put them in the pockets. You don't have to then carry all of the things because it's nobody wants to be running carrying gloves and a head warmer and you know all these other things that you've taken off. So find pockets. Pockets are going to be your best friend. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, to stash, stash those things. And as you guys are probably pretty familiar that we're big fans of like frameworks and uh, steps, blueprints, things like that. And in our kind of spark, um, you know, healthy runner, six steps to growing as a runner, this is really relating to that running bucket, right? Like how are we going to be able to get in our runs during cold weather? And it is to kind of follow these tips that Coach Whitney is going to share with you on how to dress properly. And because we're a big fan of frameworks, we've also come up with like Spark Healthy Runners, three cold weather clothing categories. So we have three different categories. The first category is like cold weather. You consider it cold. And we're gonna give some generalizations here um, in terms of temperature, but as Coach Whitney already alluded to, it is very personal, right? Some of you are going to be like hot, hot weather runners or um, hot sweaty runners, and you're going to heat up a lot when you run. Others are going to be, you know, you're, you're going to be like babies of the cold, right? You're always going to be freezing. Um, and those of you also who have like poor circulation, or if you have Raynaud's syndrome or disease, right? Like your hands, your extremities are going to um, not warm up and they're going to get very cold. So you really need to take particular attention to your feet and your hands. So there, there is a range here. And then not even to mention hormonal uh, changes that occur in midlife, especially if you female runners, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? And you know that's gonna fluctuate. So keep in mind, this is like generalizations that will probably pertain and be helpful for the majority of people in these categories. But 
like obviously, you know, use your individual circumstances um, and and use this as a guide uh, to really help you in how to layer for the different levels that we're going to talk about. And level one's like the first sense of cold. So we'll call this cold. And this is going to really be from like 40 to 50 degrees Fahrenheit or like four to 10 degrees Celsius for our Canadian running friends and our international running friends. Level two is kind of colder, we'll call it, is going to be, you know, below freezing. So it's like 20 or just slightly above 20 to 40 degree range, let's say or minus six degrees to four degrees Celsius. And then the coldest is, you know, we consider kind of sub 20 degree Fahrenheit or anything that is colder than like minus six degrees Celsius. Um, that's in our like coldest category. All right. So like three different levels. And as we go through today's um, gear guide uh, that Coach Winnie is going to really take you through kind of from like head to toe, like how do we dress for cold weather running and how do we, you know, be able to get out there for these mental clearing miles during the winter months? Um, we'll kind of talk, okay, here's an option for, you know, level one or like the cold. Here's the next level where it's colder, then you could do this. And the coldest scenario, here's where, you know, you want to think about uh, or what you want to think about using in terms of gear for that area of the body. And then at the end, we're going to share our um, kind of put it all together for you and kind of go kind of layer by layer, if you will, based upon those different um, clothing categories. So, yeah, Coach Whitney, let's start. Uh, let's go head to toe here. So let's start with the head. Um, what are the, the gear that we need to consider in order to get some cold weather running? So my favorite is an earband goes over your head, around your ears. Actually, this one, I think Dwayne gave me for Christmas one year. It is my absolute favorite, and it's a super cute color. Um, for those of you on the podcast, it's a really pretty pink color, and pink is my favorite. So this is a winner. The nice thing is it's got like this fleecy inside, which is really nice, but the outside is like that traditional running spandexy material. So it's kind of wind resistant on the outside, which keeps my ears like perfectly warm for my winters. Now, that would probably be your warmest cold weather category, would be just an earband. Then I would say, if you don't have hair, which I have no problem with, my husband is bald, I would suggest a beanie. It's going to keep you from radiating all that heat out of the top of your head. It's going to keep your ears warm. It kind of is going to do all the things. Then our coldest, coldest people do both. Put on your earband first. Then put your beanie over because that's going to allow you when you start to get warm to take your beanie off and it's going to allow some of that heat to come out of your head when you get really warm, but your ears are going to stay nice and warm. So you've got a couple of options for ears, head, keeping all of that warm. Yeah. And I, I've never actually done the ears to tell you the truth. And I don't know for me, and it, it totally might be because I feel like a lot of female runners, um, are big fans of like the headband. And I don't know if it's because like helps your hair as well. I have no clue. It does. Because <laughs> the hat, like when you have a ponytail or a braid or whatever, it pushes down and it like almost hurts your head because it puts the pressure wherever your ponytail is. So unless you have one of those hats that has like the hole in the back, but then you have to get your ponytail in the right spot. It's just, it's hard. So I'm a big fan of the ear warmer. Yeah. So for me, it is, you know, I, I basically have like three different 
levels of hats, if you will. Um, and actually the, um, kind of level one cold category, I'll go with like a thinner hat like this. Um, it's kind of thin. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's breathable, right. And it's like made for running and, you know, sweat's going to be able to escape. And then kind of the next level for me is actually like a tighter beanie. Like this one is like a fitted cap. It's almost like a swim cap. Um, and it does cover the ears. So it kind of comes down and covers the ears. My other one, honestly, when I, when I feel like it's cold enough, um, to actually put a hat on, then I usually like don't even cover my ears because for some reason I feel like I, they get hot. Um, so that's kind of my personal thing. And then if it's like super cold, um, then I might go to like the hat that's kind of behind me. Um, so for those listening to the audio version, you might want to see the video version, uh, more of like a knitted hat or got like double up. Like if it's really extremely cold. And for me, that is literally single digits, um, you know, Fahrenheit, um, kind of around the zero ish, you know, zero to 10 degrees. Then I might double up on a hat or do a hat with a hood over that um, with like my outer shell that we will eventually get to. So yeah, I, I have doubled up on the, the hat and actually, you know what? I, now I'm going to save it for, I'm going to save it for the next category. I don't want to like do spoiler alert on you and everything. So I'm just going to stop talking right now. I think we've covered the head. So now what's the next body region that we need to uh, take into account for winter running? Your neck. Cause just like your neck gets hot and sweaty and you can help cool off in the summer, your neck needs to stay warm while you're running. So for those of you watching on YouTube, you can see I'm wearing a vest, but I have a, my base layer underneath. This is actually one of my running base layers. It does. It just has a normal collar. So if I get hot, I can unzip my vest and it kind of cools me down. It's great. You can get lots, you can get a quarter zip. You can get all sorts of things with zippers and um, neck gaiters, I guess. But you can also use a handy dandy, those buffs that are left over from COVID that nobody really knows what to do with anymore. You know, you can wear a buff around your neck and that's going to super keep your neck nice and warm. You can actually wear this over your ears too, or you can do it double. I'm not going to do it now because it'll look ridiculous, but you can put it around your neck and pull it up over the back of your head like a hood. And it will help to keep your head warm as well. If you get into one of those situations where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm freezing. I didn't bring a hat, like whatever. A buff is going to be your best friend. And if you get too warm, you can take it off and wrap it around your wrist. You don't even have to carry it. So buff is going to be your best friend in the winter. Yeah. And I find that the, the neck area needs a little more versatility, like you mentioned, right? Where you might start out cold, but then you might start getting hot. And it's like really helpful to have that quarter zip where you can unzip. And I have a bunch of uh, running tops like that where, and then I'll have to like tuck in the collar because to me, it's like annoying. Then it flaps. Like, yes. It's yes, like so annoying, totally right? <laughs> yeah. I'm totally like yes. it in under my bra straps, which you don't have, but makes it easier. Yeah. And especially if you're doing like speed work, I feel like if you're doing any type of like tempo run, right. In, in the winter months, base building time period, I, I do feel like, you know, I, I th that's the gear I tend to pull out as that quarter zip. And then I knowing that if I get, you know, a little too warm, I can kind of like tuck it in, tuck in the collar, unzip, you know, where it comes down to like chest level. Um, yeah. but I, I would say the neck is probably the area that most people forget to protect when we get yeah. to our coldest 
categories, right? And now we're talking about, you know, you got a long run and we need to protect your skin from you actually getting like frostbite, right? Yeah. So that's an area that you can forget. And if your collar on your jacket doesn't go high enough, um, you know, that's going to be exposed as well as your face is going to be exposed. So that's when I pull out the big guns here and I have this like, what do they call these? Like the bacala, baklava, I want to say, which is totally not that's what it's a dessert. But- <laughs> I feel like those are like for skiing. You wear them because they come up, right? Yeah. We have those for skiing. So All this is like a hat, right? It goes over the head. Literally, the only thing that's shown is like my eyes. Um, and then... <laughs> So this is like your robber mask, basically, right? You're going to like hold a convenience store up. Um, I'm not really going to do that, guys. Um, But the key to these, because I did have one initially in my uh, early days of running that was not breathable, and it was literally suffocating under it because I couldn't breathe. This one that I have here that I'm showing has like these neat holes around the mouth and the nose area. So you can actually breathe through it. And then, you know, you might get to my skulls that form and then you take like your cool selfies and be like, oh, look at this. Um, I got some icicles around my mouth. But this will really protect your skin because you really when you get down to those coldest levels, it's all about like the time that you're out there in in this cold temperature and you have to prevent like frostbite. So the face is, you know, usually the area that people either forget about. Um, This is a nice easy way to cover the face. And if you get one that is breathable, it's very helpful. Um, as opposed to, you know, wrapping a scarf, let's say that might move around a whole lot or might not stay snug. This is like form fitting to your neck, to your face, kind of protects the whole neck. And then, you know, the only thing that's kind of showing is your eyes. And if it is cold enough, and where we're in single digits and or below and my hearty like Minnesota runners, um, all of you guys like run all year round. You guys are like amazing. Um, you know this best, but you also have to protect your eyes. So, you know, whether it is glasses, goggles, um, you know, make sure that you're not forgetting about that, that those are protected as well. Um, if we are getting like super duper cold. All right. Yes. But most of you like probably tuning into this aren't getting that in depth. But if you are in those areas and regions where it is getting really, really cold and you're not exactly sure it's your first winter running, um, you know what I highly recommend you also do is go to your local running store and talk to the folks in there. And, you know, because they're going to, you know, most of them probably run themselves in your temperature and your climate, but, you know, see what they utilize, um, you know, get some tips from them as well. Um, Anything to add to that coach? I would say, you know, covering your mouth, especially in our Minnesota, super cold, almost negative degree all the time, winter runners, it's going to help your lungs too, because breathing cold air is not bad for you, but breathing like freezing cold air for like hours on end, long runs, it's not going to be the greatest. So it is going to kind of help warm that air as it goes down, which is going to be beneficial. And I will say I've never had to deal with icicles, but I've always wanted to be one of those people who gets icicles on their eyelashes. <laughs> I've never had that happen. So like life goal, maybe next time <laughs> I'm in Connecticut over the winter, I'll get icicles. But yeah. <laughs> yes, I know. It's been a couple of seasons for me because we've had some mild winters here 
and you do need to um, sweat a lot almost to get the icicles, right? Because you're almost sweating. So I think I actually layer a little better where I don't sweat as much underneath. Um, so then you don't get like that melting um, that is occurring on your eyes. But I'm sure it probably relates to like, you know, if there's some moisture in the air as well as or if it's like dry uh, the air uh, during those colder, colder runs. Um, all right. So now shifting gears to kind of our third region of the body, the top like what do we wear up top um, in the winter and how do we kind of layer um, for kind of shirts or and or jackets? Layers, lots and lots and lots of layers. So you need to find a base layer, which is going to be obviously your base, what's going to be right against your skin. Now, I right now am wearing one of my base layer shirts. It is fantastic. It is thin. It is breathable. I will actually wear this when it's about 50-ish, maybe right below that, because it's not super thick, but it's just thick enough that I'm not freezing. It is fantastic. It's got, you want to find something that has the thumb hole, because when you go to put gloves on or your jacket or whatever, you have your, your um, thumb hooked into the end of your sleeve. It also doubles as gloves if you forget them and you need to like curl your fingers into your palms and cover everything to keep it from the wind. This base layer is from Athleta. We are not sponsored by Athleta. I am just sharing what I personally like. It has these little, they're almost like hot glue droplets on the bottom around my waist. So my shirt doesn't ride up ever. Now I wear this shirt, tank top, t-shirt, long sleeve, because it has those little grippies and I'm not constantly adjusting. So it is by far my favorite, especially in the long sleeve base layer. But there are plenty of other places you can get a base layer. Tracksmith has a really great wool long sleeve. You can actually get them from Costco. I bought last year from Costco. I want to say it's Heat 365 or it has some number after the word heat. And it's designed to be a base layer, long underwear for skiing or cold weather. And I actually wore those a lot last winter. Um, I would double them up because they were thin enough that I could do that or a single was enough. But you need to find something that's going to work for you that's tight enough that you can put another layer over it so you're not all bunched up underneath because there's nothing worse than putting on that second long sleeve and having like all the wrinkles and you're trying to adjust. Find something that is maybe a size down from what you normally would wear just so that it is snug enough. Um, then you can add a second shirt, you can add a vest, you can add a jacket, you can add a, like a windbreaker if it's not super hot, but it's cool enough that you want to kind of have that layer between you and the elements. Um, I'm a big fan of vests because as you can see, I'm wearing one now, you have the mobility in your arms to do whatever you need to do. It keeps you cool. Your armpits get a little aired out but it also has pockets. This vest is fantastic. Oh, you're not gonna be able to see it, but it has regular pockets, but on the side, it has a giant pocket on both sides that I can put water, I can put gels, I can put whatever I want. It is amazing. Um, for me, living in Arizona, I don't, maybe there's been like two instances where I've actually worn a full jacket running. It just doesn't get that cold when I run. I run after the kids go to school about eight o'clock. So it's not super, super cold for me. Um, 
but a running jacket is a great option because it's going to keep your arms warm. You can probably get away with wearing maybe one base layer under it. It's going to be a good option. You can do something thick like a vest with the down, with the feathers, with whatever you need, the fluff. Or you can do something like a windbreaker that's going to be thinner, less bulky, but it's going to protect you from the wind. Now, I would say that's probably for those warmer, cold weather days, but you gotta you have to find what works for you in terms of jacket versus vest. Yeah, all great. And and what do you say to like you know the old school Rocky uh, gear, like wearing a cotton sweatshirt that I'm wearing right now. If I were to go like run out, you know, throw my hood on, throw my Rocky Anthem and go for a run. What would you say to that? I say I'm sweating already. Like just thinking about (laughs) it, like I can't, it's hurting me. No, don't do that because it doesn't breathe and it's going to, you might feel warm, but then you're going to sweat and that sweat's not going to go anywhere. Then the sweatshirt's going to be wet and sweaty. You're going to be wet and sweaty, but then you're going to be cold. It's not a good combination. If you want to go for a run, maybe you park your car somewhere, go for a run, and then you drive home or you drive to work or whatever. Throw a sweatshirt on. Take your layers off. Throw a sweatshirt on after your run. Don't run in a sweatshirt. It's not going to breathe. You are not Rocky. Don't do it. (laughs) I'm not Rocky? What? Coach Cat is going to be so upset. You just knocked Rocky. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um. Yeah, that's that's probably, you know, the uh, biggest thing that we see with novice runners. And, you know, I definitely am all about runners getting out there and starting to run. So I really could care less what you wear as long as you're out there starting to run like kudos for you. But once you're doing it for a little bit, you're doing it for a while and you're looking to kind of improve. Right. And do things um, in a better way, maybe a more efficient way or more of a way that's going to keep you. Um, staying cool without overheating and then not getting super cold because now you've sweated through that sweatshirt and now wind kicks in or you stop running and now you're freezing because you have a soaking wet shirt. Um, Avoiding cotton is key. And yeah, like Coach Whitney said, that base layer, um, you know, thinking about something that's breathable for me as it gets to you know, the first level of cold, we'll call it, that I will go from tank top to long sleeves is I like to do a little baggier, like long sleeve shirt that moves, breathes, isn't super tight to my skin um, because then I'll like overheat if it's super tight. But then as it gets colder and we're talking about layering and there's going to be something over it, then I have shirts that are super tight. So they stay close to my skin, right? Because I'm looking to actually retain heat and they don't need to be like the super um, thick, like compressive, like under armor, um, cold weather gear. I used to wear that in the beginning of my running journey. And honestly, I I find that it's almost, it's too much for running. <laughs> um, and you really, really sweat in that. So I found more success like with something like Coach Whitney's wearing now is something that's thinner, really breathable, and just tight to the skin. And then we layer on top of that more of not a super thick fleece, but you know the next level of keeping you warm, whether it's like usually most of the things I have now are like thinner fleece-like material that is still breathable. And then if we're getting to the coldest, coldest, 
then that's when I pull out the outer shell and I only use a windbreaker, honestly. And this really keeps me warm for all of my runs, really, unless it's minus degrees. Um, so single digits in the teens, um, it's no more than those three really in the trunk area. So up top, it's like that thinner base level layer, a fleece layer, but it doesn't have to be like a super thick fleece either, guys. Um, it's more like a thinner fleece. And then it's just the outer shell that's really a windbreaker. It's not a winter coat. Like I would never do that because you're just going to like overheat big time. Um, it's it's a windbreaker essentially. And it's just a block because if there's any wind at all, and when the temperatures are below freezing, that feels very cold. <laughs> so it is really just to protect the wind so it's not actually going through your fleece level and or that thinner um, level. So it could be super helpful and it's super thin. So you don't think it's going to do anything, but it really does because you have those layers that coach Whitney mentioned. Um, and yeah, I, I know a lot of people love the vest. I love vests just for like everyday usage. Um, uh, but I must admit I've never run with a vest yet. And oh, I don't know why out. you got to do it. <laughs> I know. It is. I know I do. I, you know what? I'm going to have to try that this winter. I really am because I haven't tried it for running for some reason. I I've just done like the two levels, uh, the layers and I go third layer and, um, yeah, I might need to give the vest, give the old, uh, vest a try, uh, this winter. <laughs> yeah. It's a nice in between, like, I guess for you guys where you need to wear multiple, lots and lots of layers, you know, if there might be that day where it's not quite cold enough for that jacket, but or the fleece, but you still need a little something more. You can put on two layers and a vest and you got, I just like the mobility aspect. That's what really makes a difference for me. Yeah, but. that makes sense. That really does. And especially again, if you are running faster, I can see that being extremely helpful, right? And well, you know me, I'm super fast all the time. <laughs> um, but I could see that being helpful for those that need to get in some speed work during the winter months, <laughs> those that are training for Boston, um, Ooh, in a cold yep. weather city, uh, for, you know, April marathon or early spring marathon. And you are, you know, doing a lot of your training in the cold weather months. I could see that being extremely helpful. Um, yeah, let's go on to, have we, Okay. Yeah. Let's go to the, um, we talked vest. Yeah. Let's what, what comes next in our, um, I guess other considerations that you need to think about in, in kind of the trunk area, um, if you will, the core. So I want to talk about two different, I'm going to use quotes vests. So a hydration vest and a light vest. Now a hydration vest is just that it's a hydration vest, but it gives you the layer as though you're wearing a vest. So it will keep the wind off of your trunk. It will kind of insulate your trunk area while you're running. So maybe you don't need to wear the vest. Maybe you can get away with one or two long sleeve base layers and wear a hydration vest, which is going to allow you to carry hydration your phone, your gels, all of the things, but it gives you pockets. You can put your gloves in. You can, you know, whatever you need to carry, you would then have with you. The other one is a light vest, which a lot of you guys are morning runners or after work runners. 
And in the winter, that means it is dark, like dark, dark, dark. So you need to one, be visible so that cars and other pedestrians can see you, but you also need to be able to see where you're going. So I personally am obsessed with my Knox gear, tracer, light vest, and the lamp that attaches in the buckle because my hands are free. As you guys can tell, I don't like carrying things in my hands. When I run, I'm all about wearing the things. So the light vest is like a disco party that you wear, super fun colors bright people can see you it can flash but it also can you can get the buckle lamp which is a headlamp essentially that goes on your chest so you don't have anything bouncing on your head you're not wearing anything on your head you're not carrying like knuckle lamps that kind of move all over and make you dizzy it's perfect so those are my other vests that I'm going to add to our trunk apparel list trunk gear um, that I think are very important in the winter. Yeah. And it is like a little, you know, BOGO action, right? Who doesn't like a, a nice BOGO sale, right? Like buy one, get one. You use your hydration vest. Not only are you using it to actually maintain hydration during your run, but it's going to keep you warm too, right? Mm -hmm. It's like the opposite of in the summertime, you need that hydration. Like you cannot do your run without it, but you like hate it because it's like, wow, this actually makes me even hotter because it's something on me in the winter. It's great. Cause it's like, Hey, it's like free, free layer. There you go. Boom. You got your free layer. You don't even need your vest. You know, maybe that's why I don't wear for my, I just thought about that for my faster runs. I do take my vest with me. <laughs> so oh, I get some hydration and I know most of you are probably thinking that coach Whitney and I are crazy right now. And you're like, what are you talking about in the winter? I'm never thirsty during my run. Like who needs water? Like, what are you guys wimps? Like, right. But trust us, even though you don't feel like you're thirsty, your body actually still does need water um, because you are exercising, even if it's cold outside and it will impact your performance. And you should definitely be hydrating during your long runs and especially during harder efforts. So if you're doing speed work in the winter months, you need to hydrate. And it is tough because your body's natural instinct is not to say like, oh, I'm sweating to death and I'm so thirsty. But you need to be more mindful and know that you actually need that hydration for performance and recovery from your efforts in order to kind of maximize your running. So yeah, make sure you're hydrating. That is a very common misconception and is very common that runners don't do that in the winter months. I was there like for the first probably six to eight years of my running journey. Um, I didn't take water with me ever. I didn't feel thirsty. I didn't think I needed it. And then once I started, it was amazing how quickly I recovered and how much better I felt after my runs that I actually wasn't tired, fatigued and all of those things. Um, so make sure you're hydrating. You are exercising. Um, it definitely, you know, I would say definitely anything after 45 minutes, but certainly after an hour, if you're out there, um, for a run, even though it's cold and you did not sweat per se, you do need to hydrate. So that's your BOGO. You get you get it with your hydration vest. Then you also, well, I guess your light vest. I can't say that it actually keeps you warm. So it's just going to keep you safe though. So like Coach Whitney yeah. mentioned, it's safety. And even if, um, you know, obviously when it's dark, that's going to be like super, super valuable. The other benefit since we're kind of in winter and um, those that are road conditions that might be snowy or icy you can help light that path in front of you to make sure that you don't slip so you stay safe. And it is just super important 
Um, and even, you know, I think about even in the daytime, like just kind of a little bit of a side, I guess it relates because we're talking like, what do you wear for gear? But those that are in snowy conditions, remember like drivers during the day, the sun really reflects off of the snow. So sometimes drivers could be blinded and they might not see you if any of your colors like blend into the surroundings. Um, so make sure you're wearing bright clothing, like more importantly in the winter months. Yeah. Don't wear what I'm wearing as your outer layer. Don't wear a white long sleeve, you know, cause they're not going to see that. But even if you are driving where it is um, snowy, like Dwayne said, the snow or the light does reflect off. Your Knox gear, if you wear that during the daytime, people are going to be like, oh, there's like a disco party going on over there. What is that? And that's going to catch their attention and they're going to see you, which is going to make it safer for you. It might seem silly to wear it during the daytime, but it could also save your life. So it, it goes both ways. Now let's take a quick pause from this episode in which I hope you are finding value from to talk about safety because it should be a top concern for every runner. Have you got the right running safety gear? Whether you're heading out the door for a quick easy run or logging a long run that you need to start super early before the sun rises or you finish super late after the sun goes down, Knox gear keeps you lit up from all angles so you are visible by cars. Their signature product, the Tracer 2, keeps you visible while you run by pairing powerful multicolor LED fiber optics with ultra-reflective 3M patterns and fluorescence. Knox Gear's new Tracer lamp lights your path and boosts your visibility that attaches directly to the buckle of your tracer, eliminating the need to use a headlamp anymore because let's be honest, who loves that bouncing feeling on your head when you're running? Just use the code HEALTHYRUNNER during checkout when placing your order at knoxgear.com to receive 35% off your order. Go ahead and give Knox Gear a try. Trust me, we recommend it to all of our healthy runners in our coaching program, and you will never feel more confident that you are safe while running. Now let's get back into this episode. All right, so as we make our way down below the waist, what recommendations do you have for uh, winter running gear? For the lower half, how do we keep those uh, legs nice and toasty? So legs get cold, just like arms. So what I recommend is tights, leggings, whatever you want to call them, something that's going to be tight to your leg. Um, I know a lot of guys are going to be like, I don't want to wear tights. I don't want to wear leggings. Like that's what girls wear, whatever. Just do it. Wear wear a pair of shorts over it. It doesn't matter. Nobody's going to be looking honestly for that matter nobody cares what you're wearing but wear something that is tight to you i have a pair of pants actually i have several that have like what Dwayne was talking about that fleece it's like a micro fleece lining in my leggings that are like heaven oh they're like butter it's so great but they keep my legs so nice and warm and honestly i haven't broken them out yet this year because we're having some weird heat stuff going on here i don't know but normally about November is when I start wearing them here and I'll wear them all the way through beginning of March, usually here, um, because my legs 
get colder than my upper body, I feel like. So I always try to keep those super, super warm. You can wear two pairs if you need to, if you're where it's really, really cold. I know people that um, will wear a pair of tight leggings. I think these are mostly guys. will wear a pair of tight leggings, but then they'll wear a pair of like those 80s windbreaker pants, something like that over that still allows for enough movement and mobility in your lower body, but will protect your legs from the wind. Um, I actually bought a pair of, they look ridiculous, but I'm excited to wear them. They are almost like a puffer vest, but in pants. So for all of you that follow us on social media, I will be sure to post a picture of my puffer pants when I wear them so you guys can see them. If you do not follow us, you should, because we have a lot of great content. Um, but find something that is going to keep your legs and your glutes warm. My glutes get the coldest out of any part of my body, and I'll come in from outside and they're like numb. So find a pair of pants, a couple pairs of pants, something that you can do that is going to work for you, allow you the mobility that you want and need, but also keep you warm enough. Absolutely. At Spark Healthy Runner, by the way, for those following us on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. And yeah, so ha not having the issue of like hot cross buns, having a little cold buns is never never mm -hmm. good while we're running. And <laughs> yeah, I, same over here, the glutes and the secret uh, to that has been actually wearing, uh, which yeah, looks a little strange, but um, again, no one knows when I'm, when I'm wearing them. Um, but I will do the, uh, running tight. Um, so the, we'll call them compression pants. Cause I think that sounds more masculine, right? We do the compression yes. pants and then I will actually do a, um, wool. So this is a breathable, um, wool shorts. So it's almost like a compression short that you would wear like under your normal compression pants or compression or running shorts in the summertime. But here you wear them over the compression pants to have a little bit extra um, warmth in the, the buns, in the gluteus maximus, right? So to kind of keep them nice and warm. And then I'll wear my kind of running shorts over that. So like you said, I do not feel comfortable uh, just wearing my compression pants alone. Uh, feels definitely a little awkward. Um, so I, I go with the running shorts over the compression pants and it is a no judgment zone by the way. And then when it gets colder, really, this is like the coldest level for me. Um, usually that, you know, is really good until, you know, 20 degrees, but under the 20 degree mark, then when we're at like level three in our classification system, that's when I will double up on the pants and. I've done a variety of things. I've done like a fleece uh, layer over that's like a sweatpant kind of, I guess, outer shell, like, you know, the athletic type sweatpants. Um, so the elements, it won't get like soaking wet or anything if it, you know, is a little wet outside. Um, or yeah, if it's super windy, then I will try to pull out like the old school, you know, windbreaker type of material, like you said. Um, I have like uh, two two pants that I pull that out for on windy days. And again, that's my whole goal is to just block the wind from making my legs freeze out there uh, during the run. So yeah, layering is important down below. I would say uh, traditionally, most people probably feel like they need a little less layers 
in the legs, because if you think about it, when you are running, yes, your leg muscles are working a lot more than your upper body muscles are. So that is the well, reason. And you also don't want to put too many layers down below because it will restrict your mobility. And I don't know if you guys have seen the movie, A Christmas Story, but every time I put on lots of layers, I think I'm like that little kid. I can't put my arms down. I can't put my arms down. And I don't <laughs> want my legs to be doing that where I'm like waddling like a penguin. I need to be able to move. So too many layers can be bad down on the bottom half. Yeah. And so as we, as we keep working our way down, uh, what's next in our gear guide here for winter running? So I don't know if this is down lower, but I'm going to put it in the same category because your hands are at about the same level as your butt-ish area. So I'm going to go hands next. So I mentioned earlier, you can wear a cheap pair of, you know, those knit gloves that you can buy at Walmart, Target, anywhere for like a dollar or whatever. Those are okay in the warmer temperatures. When it gets cold, you want to have on mittens. You want those fingers to be together. They are going to help the buddy system. They're going to warm each other. They're going to keep your fingers warmer than gloves. Now, these are my favorite, my absolute favorite. I don't even know who makes these. Trailheads? No idea. But they are mittens and gloves. So they're gloves with a wind protective, water resistant glove mitten flippy part. Now, I don't know if that's a technical term, but it keeps my fingers together. It keeps them protected from the wind from rain, snow when we have it, but sometimes this gets annoying when it flaps around. Th these gloves have like this little part. I don't know if you guys can see it on YouTube here, but it has like in the part around your wrist, there's like a little pocket. So I can put the mitten flap into the pocket so it doesn't flap around when I'm running. Oh, Dwayne's got them too. <laughs> yeah, so these are my favorite. I even wear these when it's not that cold and just tuck in the mitten part. But you yeah. got to keep your hands warm. Yeah, and what I would uh, just add to that, um, Coach, is, yeah, these are great. These are, like, thinner. I got these from Lulu. Um, they're a thinner glove, so I would say they protect me to about freezing mark, you know, in the, in the lower 30s. And the mitten certainly helps. However, once we get down to, like, the cold, cold, I do find that it does make a difference um, to actually have the skin of the fingers touching each other. And that warmth Absolutely. is super helpful and not having the fingers separate it. Um, so then I'll usually go to like a fleece glove, uh, not glove, mitten layer. So where the skin is actually touching each other. And it's amazing like how much that warms it. And then if it is windy, I actually go to an outer shell. So there are these mittens that um, have two la layers. So there's a fleece layer and then there's an outer shell layer. So now this protects me from snow, rain, wind, and is like money. So that's been helpful. And then it's, it's so adjustable. It's great. So you just like you, you're, they get too hot. You just pull one of the levels off and just like stick it in your pocket. Like you mentioned before. Um, and then I also have like thin, like, and running uh gloves which again they're thin so we're talking like i mentioned before my fingers are the first thing to go so you know i'm wearing this i sometimes will wear this literally with like a tank top uh to start some of my runs uh because my hands will get colder right and even 
my marathon race I had mentioned, right? I was wearing shorts and a tank top, but I started the race in gloves for the first six miles. So that's where those thinner uh, type material gloves can come in like super handy. And, but they're not going to like protect you when it's really cold. So you definitely have to go to more like a fleece and a mitten is, it just makes all the world of a difference, a mitten versus a glove. Um, if you haven't tried mittens yet, you definitely need to. Uh, you will yes. definitely see a huge benefit to keeping those hands and fingers, um, which don't get a lot of circulation, uh, warm during your run. Yes, absolutely. And I would say definitely, if you're going to go the route that has the two layers, make sure your outer layer is wind resistant, water resistant, because the snow is going to hit your hands and it's going to melt. And that's just water right on your hands. So find something that is not going to get sopping wet when it snows, rains, whatever it is. I wore my, I don't even know what you call them, flippy mittens um, when it was 35 and raining and my hands were bone dry when I got home. It was fantastic. So find something that is water resistant because it will make a difference. Absolutely. I hope you are enjoying this episode and it is providing value for you. I wanted to take a brief moment to share a story of a real runner like you who is struggling with a common problem that you may be facing. Here is one of our athletes who got the guidance, support, and accountability from our Healthy Runner coaching team to get clarity and structure on the six steps to growing as a runner with personalized strength, nutrition, and run plans. I hope their story inspires you that there is hope to either get over your running injury or to continue getting faster or running longer so you can continue to get in those mental clearing miles and enjoy your running journey again. Here is their inspiring story. Hi, my name is Emily. I currently live in Copenhagen, Denmark. I have been working with Coach Whitney in the Healthy Runner coaching community for about 18 months. Um, since working with Coach Whitney, I've ran two half marathons, two full marathons, and I'm currently training for my third full marathon with her. I started working with her, um, not because of injury, but because I was feeling aimless in my running. I um, had just had a marathon canceled in spring of 2021 due to COVID and didn't know where to go with that. I heard a podcast by Dwayne um, about coaching and run plans and was intrigued. However, um, had a lot of doubts about doing it. I always thought run coaching was for individuals who were fast, um, looking for BQs or different things like that, not a middle of a pack runner um, like me. But, um, I quickly found out that run coaching is good for anybody and the benefits that it has given me um, go beyond the PRs that I've had in races, but go, are setting me up to keep running. Um, I've been a runner for 11 years and have ran marathons and half marathons previously to working with Coach Whitney. And in each of those cycles, I either get burned out, um, injured, or I run the race and then I take a long break after and have to build from zero. Um, with the coaching community, I've learned the importance of consistency in my training, not only during training cycles, but also outside of training cycles. Um, I have learned the importance of strength training as a busy mom of two young boys. I 
frequently find time for my running, but not so much for my strength training. And since making strength training a priority of my week, I've found injuries don't happen as much. Or when I do have pains, I'm able to um, get help from Whitney or Dwayne right away. And I have a physical therapist here in Denmark that I also work with who follows uh, many of the same beliefs that the Healthy Runner coaching community follows. So I always reach out to Whitney and Dwayne and then we'll go see my physical therapist here. Um, I think the biggest thing that I've taken away from my coaching experience is confidence in my running um, and confidence in knowing and trusting process of a training cycle. Um, so I just can't recommend enough working with somebody in the healthy running community um, and investing in yourself to become the best runner that you can be with where you are currently at, which is, I think the best thing that these coaches do is they look at where you're at and they build those plans and they build on those plans each training cycle so that you can keep getting better and each training cycle has its own specific purpose. Um, so that is something I have enjoyed with this process and highly recommend if you're thinking about coaching um, and doubting it or wondering, should I do this? Should I invest in myself? Um, please make that investment. It's probably one of the best investments you can make. Um, if you want to continue running as a lifelong runner. I hope sharing that story inspired you and provided you some hope. If you want the one-on-one -on -one structure, accountability, and support from our Healthy Runner coaching team of experts, check out the behind-the-scenes video tour of our signature coaching program you just heard about, including other stories from runners who are just like you and were struggling with the same sticking points before they signed up for our program. Just head to learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com to learn more and book your strategy call with me today. Now let's get back into this episode. So then if we did hands, now let's go down to the, the foot and ankle, kind of past the pants area. Um, what do we need to consider um, in terms of socks? So a lot of us go from shorts or capris to full length leggings, pants, something that's going to hit you right at the ankle, right? Once it gets cold. So traditionally, I run in, you guys can see my Belega socks, the no-show, whatever they're called, but they're low, very like right at where my, the top of my shoe is, leave a lot of my ankle exposed, right? So these are not going to be that great in the winter. What I go for is the ones with, I think these are called crew socks. They've got maybe an inch of an ankle, and these make such a difference because they come up under my pants. Now, I know a lot of people, I think Dwayne wears the taller ones. I do. I think yeah, I think those are like good. quarter. Those might be quarter uh, socks. They might call them a quarter length. I don't know what they go. I think crew is technically like a little higher, like half okay. shin. Yeah, no, these are I, definitely not half shin. They yeah. come up about an inch above my ankle bone. So it does give a little bit of a double layer, the base of my pants, top of my sock, which protects me from the wind really is what I am wanting to protect from where I live. Um, but snow all the elements, essentially. You want a heavier, taller sock because it's going to keep you warmer. Yeah, and with this, uh, material matters, definitely. Um, this is where I do uh, seek out the smart wool technology. 
um, socks. So I have specific socks for kind of winter running um, that will keep the toes and the feet a lot warmer. Um, so I know I've had like Smart Wool is like a brand um, as well as like CEP makes some wool, like the Merino wool socks, um, which are specifically made for winter running. Those have been, you know, really enough. Um, if it goes to literally like zero to two degrees or minus degrees that I've gotten in some short runs, then I will pull out a second layer of like a storm sock, they call it, where it is really that material that prevents anything from getting wet um, and will block the wind. Um, that's when I'll pull that out. I used to use that a lot more frequently in my early days in my running journey until I found more like the winter merino wool sock. And that's been enough for me, honestly, to kind of get going now. It is really rare that I'll pull out that like second layer of sock, which, you know, the downside is it does add some bulk to your shoe and, you know, feels like you don't have as much mobility. Um, but you're able to get out there um, for a run um, and, you know, still be able to do it in cold weather. So there are specific socks that you can get for winter running. Definitely not cotton socks, just like, you know, we talk about for normal socks for running. But, you know, get a, get a good, you know, one to three pairs of a decent winter running sock. And they'll definitely uh, go far and keep you warm. And again, protect the skin. So you got to do more than the no-show version because you don't want any skin exposed, especially if there is a wind chill, right? That's going to be yes. really important. Um, how about shoes? Anything we need to consider for shoes? Not a ton. There's not a, a whole bunch of things we can do in the winter to make your feet warmer, essentially, other than the right socks. Um, Sometimes for me, if it's snowing here, which is very rare, but it does happen, it we don't know what to do with that. Like this, nobody shovels, nobody plow. Like there's nothing, no clearing of snow here. So if I want to go out for a run, what I do is I just throw on my trail shoes because they, the sole or the bottoms of the trail shoes have more nubbies, more grip, more traction. So I feel like I'm not going to slip as easily on the sidewalk or the road. Um, I will say if you are running and it is slippery, it's going to be less slippery on the road than it is on the sidewalk. Concrete is going to be slippery, more slippery than asphalt, which is going to be more slippier, slippery than like the ground, like grass or wood chips or the trail. So if you can run on the street safely, I would recommend that. It's also more likely to be plowed and clear than the sidewalk, especially if you're running in neighborhoods, you know, your neighbor Johnny might not have been out early enough to shovel his sidewalk. So it might be just snow. So you can do trail shoes. Um, I'm going to let you speak maybe about yak tracks or some of the other like ice shoe things you can put on there. Cause I don't, I've never used any of those, but they are available. Um, yeah. So, you know, definitely our trail runners, um, and you know, our Alaskan runners, um, we've had some runners in our program from Alaska. Um, and like I mentioned before, um, Minnesota area, Michigan, um, that are, are using some of the yak tracks. Um, I've never used them personally for runs here in Connecticut. Um, I think, uh, coach Lou and coach cat have used them before, um, uh, but they can add some more grip, um, especially if the pavement isn't clear. So again, it's been years really for us here in Connecticut, 
Um, but I remember there was like three winters in a row, you know, about 10 years ago now where we had snow every three days and it was just like a new storm came through. So the roads were never like clear for a good four to six weeks, maybe even eight weeks. Um, so if you were getting out there for a run, which I was, um, you know, you were running on either snow packed roads or ice. Um, so, you know, that those can certainly help get some grippage, um, to really, and they, they attach like right onto your shoe and just allow for more traction essentially. So if you are running on snow packed or ice roads, again, look into that from a safety standpoint, because you certainly don't want to fall. You don't want to wind up falling on an outstretched hand or what we call a foosh and fracturing your wrist. Um, that would not be good because then you're not going to be running, uh, for the rest of winter. So, you got to prevent those types of things um, from occurring. But yeah, I, I would say the socks are key really because most running shoes are very breathable and they're meant that way. So, you know, there's not going to be a lot of, I guess, if you are in an area that gets a lot of windy, cold weather and the wind chill is high, you know, consider that second layer storm sock that I was talking about or try to consider, you know, in your running shoe selection, the ones that don't have the most mesh and holes in it, you know, some are more breathable than others. So maybe for a winter shoe, you pick ones that aren't as breathable, which means, you know, your foot isn't going to get as cold when you are running. So really kind of recapping this guys and summarizing, um, in looking at our kind of three cold weather clothing categories, and all of this, by the way, will be posted with this podcast episode on our Instagram account at Spark Healthy Runner. Coach Whitney has really devised a layering guide for you. And the first layering that we're talking about is like 50 degrees plus, meaning you don't need any layering. You're wearing what you normally wear. For most of us, that is, you know, tank top and shorts um, for most of us. For the first level of cold, now we're starting to add, okay, what's the first thing that I need to like, you know, pull out of my, you know, or find in my closet, pull out, you know, as you know, I started going through my things, you, you like forget, right? Like what you wore last year. It's like, oh, I have this hat. Oh, I have these gloves. Oh yeah, that's right. This is what I use first. And then I go my next level. So then you're talking about your long sleeve options. And for some of you, you might do what do you call them? Capris, right? Capris. You, you might do capris versus shorts um, or long pants. And you might be a baby like me and pull out like your thin, you know, gloves, right? So you're starting to use your thin gloves for like 40 to 50 degree. And then we go to like level two, which, and for those watching the video version, you'll see the graphics that I'm holding up here. Um, you can get these to act as your guide and you look at your weather app and you're saying, oh, it's 20 or 30 degrees. All right. Let's see what uh, Dwayne and Whitney were talking about. Um, I should have a base layer. Yes. Long sleeves. Good, good. Top layer. I might consider a light jacket at that point or a vest as Coach Whitney was talking about. Accessories. Now here's where you usually got to pull out your hat. So you're really looking at pulling out your hat. And do I consider switching from my gloves to now mittens? And then we can go to our coldest level, um, which is the coldest level here. And this is where we're really layering up. So now we're starting to actually add, you know, long sleeves and a fleece level and maybe that outer shell. So that jacket, the pants, maybe it's two levels of pants. So you got your thinner running tight 
And then you have an outer layer from there as well. And then we really need to consider thinking about the neck area, right? Are we doing kind of the buff? Are we like covering it up? Are we doing a scarf? Are we doing this like cops and robbers that Wayne showed before? Um, and are, you know, mitten wise, are we starting to do two levels and two layers like Dwayne talked about um, before? So we have that all outlined for you in a handy graphic. So for those, you know, following us on um, at Spark Healthy Runner, you'll be able to like, you know, save that post and be able to reference it each season. And for those of you not on Instagram, you can simply email Coach Whitney at Whitney at sparkhealthyrunner.com. And we'll be happy to share those graphics with you because I have found that to be a helpful reference. We've had it for a couple of years. First time we're kind of talking about it on the podcast here. Um, so hopefully we're able to really help most of you uh, get through winter as we like to say. And for those of you who like, you really don't like summer running, you might love winter running. I know Coach Cat does for sure. Uh, that's her season. And I honestly, the more I've done it, I don't mind running in winter at all. And quite frankly, I'd rather get outside and enjoy some fresh air because we're usually cooped up in the winter and we don't spend a lot of time outside. So if I can get those mental clearing miles in, it's just all about proper layering. And the only thing Coach Whitney and I ask from you today, if you found this helpful, like literally where you're listening to it, copy the link, share it with another running friend of yours who needs these tips to be able to go out and run in the winter and do it the right way without overheating and without freezing um, because you can do it. And it is very, very manageable and it doesn't need to be like a total you know, disaster and something that you like cringe. So coach Whitney, anything else that you would like to add that we haven't talked about, about winter running? Actually, one thing just came to mind while you were talking. Um, if you are super cold or a big old baby like me, you can use hot hands, you know, those little packets that you kind of shake up and they get warm. You can put those in your gloves, but don't put them right against your skin. Make sure you have a layer, those cheap old knit gloves, something between you and the hot hands, because actually I think I was running with Lou last winter when I was visiting. Um, it, I don't know what the chemicals had some reaction on my hands and it made my hands black. And then they were like burning after that. So make sure there's a layer between you and the hot hands, but hot hands also come in handy. You can stick them in the side of your bra. If you're a girl, you can stick them in your waistband on your hips to keep your legs and your glutes a little warmer. Hot hands are in my running closet cabinet right here. I keep them. I use them all winter, but I'm also a huge, big winter baby. So if, if that's something that you might want to try, let me know what you think. Yeah, super helpful. I've never needed to go there, but I know many who have. So thank you for sharing that. And thank you guys for listening to this. Again, share it with a running friend um, that can use this. And thank you so much, Coach, for putting together these graphics, sharing these tips with us so we can continue getting after it this winter. Of course. And guys, just stay toasty this winter. Stay warm, stay toasty, and be smart. Absolutely. And as always, let's maintain a strong mind, strong body, and just keep running through winter and beyond. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Healthy Runner podcast, where we help you get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running. If you found this content valuable, here's five ways we can help you grow as a runner for free. One, 
Grab a free copy of our six steps to growing as a runner framework at learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com forward slash grow. Two, follow our Instagram page at Spark Healthy Runner. Three, join our free group by searching Healthy Runner in Facebook. Four, subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Spark Healthy Runner. Five, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more experts in the running field and bring those lessons and trainings back here right to you. Don't forget, hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or the follow button on Spotify so you don't miss the next episode of Healthy Runner so you can maintain a strong mind, a strong body, and just keep running. Lastly, if you've been struggling with the constant injury cycle, not eating the right foods for running, or not getting faster as a runner, and you are ready to invest in becoming a lifelong injury-free runner, head to sparkhealthyrunner.com forward slash coaching to apply for a one-on-one signature coaching program. Thank you again. I really, truly mean it from the bottom of my heart that I appreciate you for listening and sharing this podcast with a running friend who can use the help. Now go and crush your run today. See you next week.